Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Some folks don't stop searching till they find the truth. And if you've got the eye of a detective, June's journey is the game for you. Play as June Parker in a gripping murder mystery adventure as you find hidden objects to help solve her sister's death. You'll hunt for clues in hundreds of beautifully illustrated scenes set in the Roaring Twenties. With more than a thousand scenes filled with clues, there's always something new to discover. You may even trek across the globe for your next lead. Every week, new chapters are added with new characters to meet and places to search. Plus, there are tons of fun, unique features to keep you entertained. From building your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings to collecting scraps of information on each character to fill your photo album. You can even play with or against other players by joining a detective club. Find your first clue by downloading June's Journey today. Available on Android and iOS mobile devices as well as on PC through Facebook games. Thanks for downloading this edition of the Attacking Scrum podcast. As you probably know, this episode is a special. Both Dan and I are away, uh, but didn't want to leave you without your fix of a weekly Welsh rugby podcast. So uh, we recorded a special this week with Will Taylor. Now, Will, you may remember, uh, was a prop forward at Wasps. Um, he was also at the Ospreys before that, uh, ended up at Scarlet's at the end of his career uh, and walked away from the game, uh, really, when he was you know, in his, in his prime and he's now at London Welsh as strength and conditioning coach, and we caught up with him earlier this week uh, to chat through his story, why he walked away from the game, uh, why he subsequently kind of fell, fell back in love with rugby um, at London Welsh and everything that happened in between, and there's some really interesting stories about a, a wide variety of jobs that he did uh, after leaving rugby. So, yeah, really hope you enjoy this one. As always, big thanks to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. Make sure you head over to socoffeetrades.co.uk in order to check them out and buy yourself some good coffee. Uh, And just one final thing, it wouldn't be an attacking scrum special if there wasn't some kind of uh, background noise in there. Hopefully it doesn't distract too much, but we are underneath uh, the flight path 
of Heathrow for this one. So you can probably hear quite a few planes in the background. But nonetheless, it should be a really, really good listen. So if you do enjoy this, leave us a review on iTunes. And we'll be back to bring you a weekly roundup of all the Pro 14 and preview the derbies and stuff like that next week. Hope you enjoy. Another great guest on the Attacking Scrum podcast. Delighted to be joined by, well, Dan Killick, first and foremost. How are you, Dan? Thank you. Very, very good. Nice to have you on one of these, uh, on one of these interviews as well. It's normally me trucking up and down the M4 on my own and then, uh, and then go and have a chat. So, yeah, good, good, to, uh, good to have managed to get hold of you. Yeah, well, I did quite well to get out on this one, didn't I? What's that? Actually, you probably shouldn't have mentioned that. No, you shouldn't have mentioned that. Right. No, no, moving on, moving on. Moving on to, uh, to introduce our guest today, Will Taylor. How are you doing, Will? I'm doing very good, thank you guys. Very good. Enjoy my coffee. Yeah, it's good to good to have you on. So, Will, tell us uh, tell us what you're at, what you're up to these days. Of course, you former um, former pro yourself, having played at played at the Ospreys, Wasps, uh, Scarlets. Uh, tell us, yeah, tell us what you're up to now. Yeah, so what I'm up to now. Um, so at the minute, I've got a set up a gym in Richmond. Uh, so it's called uh, Barch. It's kind of just like fitness classes type things. I do individual PT as well. And then I'm also uh, helping Kai and Tom May at London Welsh. So it's my second season coaching there. Like my role, you know, on the end of the email is head, is, is head of S&C. But I'm just kind of chipping in, doing you know, lots of little bits. Um, you know, help out setting team as well. But yeah, just kind of trying to get the boys, um, you know, fit really. But um, yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing at the minute. And it's a really interesting journey that you've been on and ending up at, at London Welsh. And in a really short space of time really as well this first thing we want to talk to you about is is kind of how you ended up walking away from walking away from rugby yeah, yeah the pro- promising career like we said started at the Ospreys played at uh, London well uh, sorry at London Wasps for a number of years under Di Young and kind of seemed to, to have everything there what prompted the decision to, to move away from the game yeah so yeah, as you said started off um, Ospreys then um, kind of got Kind of got pretty lucky, I think. You know, in everyone's rugby career, they always have that lucky year, or you know, someone gets injured, or you know, get you know, picked, and then you take your chance. And um, kind of a bit of a rocky one for me. So I went to Wasps, went there, um, kind of not really expecting, you know, what the hell is going to go on. Um, got got injured straight away, so absolute nightmare. Um, and came back about mid October. Um, funny enough, so my first game uh, we played like Blues away in the, in the LV, so yeah. it was quite nice. Um, we played against you know a Welsh team from my first game of Wasps, and then kind of went on a run. I think played about twenty about twenty five games just on the bounce of Wasps. Then, so you know, really really enjoyed it. You know, absolutely love my twenty one years old living in London with all you know, and at that time as well, it was a good buzz on the club because um, obviously the year before. Um, where they kind of you know nearly went down. I remember having like you know you know um, getting told you know if they get relegated you know there might not be a wash anymore. So you know that was a massive time. I remember watching that game against Newcastle and Wadey scored, thinking yes I've got a job next year. <laughs> but um, yeah, so went really well. Um, and then uh, it was probably about two months into my uh, second season at Wasps where I just had a bit of a nightmare where reoccurrence that injury happened again. Um, and then spent a whole 12 months out with the game. Um, came back, 
uh, full fitness. I say full fitness never really, you know, was like the arm never, you know, you know, it never, you know, never got back to full strength or whatever. I played a few games of wasps, um, and then I thought, you know, it's so my agent is quite a good crack to give, you know, uh, Wales ago. You know, I was twenty four yeah. years old, like. Your prem games and the Viva Prem at tight head. And yeah, tight head as well. You yeah. know, it's it's always it's a, it's a troublesome position. I'm guessing at that time it's coming at the end of Adam Jones's Wales career, um, kind of you know Samson Lee on the scene. But it's always going to be a posi- you know a troublesome position. So it's you know that must have been a, a big potential opportunity in your head as well. Yeah, definitely. You know, like you know at the you know at the time, um, you know you always want to have ambitions to you know to play for Wales. I don't care. You know what. In a pro setup, I think you always want to strive, you know, to, you know, for for the big goals. You played um, as well, and you were 18. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I did like I think I did like two caps 18s, and then Wales 20s was where um kind of got it's not a name for myself, but kind of like you know, you know, people were kind of my hero, you know, coaches, wives, and stuff. Where I think like, you know, two junior World cups and all that stuff for Six Nations, but um, but yeah, um, and then so went back to Wales, so you know, give it, you know, give it a good crack. Um, Went on a year out and then just came back and then just for one reason or another it just literally you know it didn't work out um, you know and and then started my second season so it would have been like two three months in um, where I just had like this massive like talk to myself talk to like my parents stuff like 26 years old and I'm not one of those people where you kind of it's kind of a realization in your career like you know I've been to three clubs now. Mm. I don't, you know, I don't want to be a squad player. I don't want to be, you know, like, you know, at, at, you know, at the time, it was, you know, financially probably been the best time of my career because, mm. you know, I think you, you move away, you have, you know, your market value or whatever. But um, I just literally wasn't, you know, I just wasn't enjoying. It. I, I, I could see the way my career is going. Might be a bit doubtful, or you know, people might think, well, you know, good aspirations, whatever. But that's just, you know, what my viewpoints were. And then so we had to chat with my agent. Then we went, went in around October time. Um, had a chat with with Scarlets and then yeah, so I kind of I didn't come out or say that I you know gonna officially retire or anything as first of all. I don't think I'm that big a player that you know needs to you know come out and say that stuff. Just went in, told a few of the boys like you know this is my last day. I was like, what the hell you know what, what the hell is going on here? But I think a few good, a few could see it coming. Um, and came out and then that's, I remember I was yesterday I felt like a massive like, relief off my shoulders where I could just feel as if like I could be myself like it was quite yeah. so weird like, really really you know really weird but I just felt god I can be like my own person now it, it was uh, yeah because most people listening to the podcast you know will I guess have a certain vision of what it's like to be a to be a professional rugby player and like you say everyone has that same dream as a kid of of playing for Wales, whether you're playing for your local club team, you're playing in the garden, whatever. How difficult a decision was it to walk away, or were you just so had it so much in your mind that you just had to get away from rugby? Yeah, it just got to a point, you know, like having like you know a whole twelve months out of the game is a long time. Then coming back, um, you know, playing a few games, and then I, you know, I'll be honest, like confidence wasn't like you know wasn't a thousand percent where you you know you can't go into a game with a bit of self doubt at yeah. all. This is what I've learned stepping away from rugby like my whole like mindset and motivation on life and everything has completely changed now. And you're know, looking you know, looking back, you know, I was I was a little bit too not it's just like two fifty fifty type stuff and then 
you know, it just, it just got to a point where I was like, right, you know, I'm still young. I can still try and, you know, blag something, you know, out of my, you know, my life. And, you know, I'm not one of them just to, you know, sit down and expect stuff to come. So yeah. I was like, right, you know, because, you know, f- funny enough, when, so as soon as, you know, got, got the Scarlets, my agent went to me, right, you know, we've got your club. Do you want to go there? And I was like, right, actually, no, let's, let's chill out for a few weeks. And he's looking at me going... You flipping lost the plot you have, but um, I was like, look, you know, I just want to take a few weeks out. So I remember I did a lot, you know, went away with, with my mates and back home, and then got to a thing where I got like over after six weeks, and I was like, right, what, the, you know, what am I going to do now? I kind of like six weeks off from the game because you know I've been in that. You people forget like once you play from a young age, you, you get put into that like academy system or yeah. from like you know from under sixteen you train like three four times a week so. Even though it's not professional, you're still, you know, doing the training. Commitment, yeah. Right, yeah. You're doing the training volume like that. So, um, you know, when your agent said you've lost the plot, there must have been a lot of people that were saying similar things to you. So there probably wasn't that many. Like, there wasn't that many people you could actually turn to that actually would take what you were saying as, you know, this is, you know, this is genuinely how I'm feeling. Because even probably your pals were like, you know, you will, you will a rugby player. And then you're saying, I'm, I'm looking to move away from it now. How many, was there not that many people you could turn to at that point? Um, yeah, to be fair, like, I've always, you know, luck, you know luckily in rugby, you know, I've been, you know, every year there's a new influx of players no matter where you are, and, and I've, I've always, you know, um, trying, trying you know, keep hold, you know, keep in touch with boys. Like I think rugby is one of those sports where you might not see someone in three, four years, but when you do, oh, what's happening, pal? You know, yeah. best base type thing. Just fall but, back um, in. Yeah, definitely. You know, yeah. Like, you know, I've, I, I've lived with people who I might not see, you know, for a year, and then not speak to them in three, four years, and you see them, and you're like, oh, what's yeah. happening, mate? You know, so um, but there were, there were some players like you know, real good, um, real good mates up in Wasps, um, who spoke to, and what was quite reassuring. They're like, what are you doing? You know, like you know, you're a good player, so you know, getting that reassurance was nice to hear. But then, I was just like, doubting in my head, and I was like, look, I honestly think I'm done now. And I was, and they're like. What are you doing? Twenty six, even like you know, especially at tight ends. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I didn't you know, don't want to be sounding like you know, big head or anything. But you know, you 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 know, especially a prop, you can get make good career out of it, not playing that much. Yeah. Like you know, squads can get four or five props on. I could have blagged off thirty odd games to watch all my career, really. But it just got to a thing where I wanted to make something in my life and I kind of came to a realisation which is a bit sad where I think right you know maybe you know no you know, maybe I'm not going to be asked sound, you know sat and tired so I thought right that's you know I, I want to go on to something else Is there any part of you you know when you see rugby on the telly or you know it comes to international weekend or stuff is there any part of you that thinks oh you know I wish I'd stuck that out for a bit longer Yeah um, funnily enough so like, this is like the question where like, I know I made the right decision like, my, my dad asked me this about Six months after, you know, like I've got really, really good, like, you know, because one of my parents they watch all the games going up and stuff. He was like, you know, do you miss it? And I was like, Dad, literally, don't miss it one bit. Like I'm watching games. I'm like, nah. Like, but funny enough, when I'm so now when I'm coaching, I'm I'm, I'm watching lads as well. So like, I say this, I say this to Kai the other day. Um, so obviously Kai's um, a coach at London Welsh, a really good mate. And I was just saying, it's kind of weird. Like, obviously, I'm not playing rugby because I'm still within it, like, within the lads, coaching stuff, I still feel as if I'm getting that, not like camaraderie, but, like, I'm really, I'm not out of the crack completely, yeah. if you know what I mean, so I just, I feel as if I'm still involved with that, like, you know, after weekend, you know, when you win, boys are having their social, you know, banter with everyone, like, so, I think that's the big thing when you see, like, 
players step out. That's the one thing that they struggle with. Is that camaraderie? Is that you know, you know, is is that you know, good, you know, good crack type thing? Like yeah. you, you forget, like every day when you're pro player, you, you're with 30, 40 lads day in, day out, and then when you step out of the game, you, you, and that's something that you definitely take for granted. But you, um, you did have to have that separation, though, didn't you, between like literally coming fully out of the game, you'd fallen out of love with it, and then obviously coming back coming back into the game now as, as, a, as a coach yeah yeah like you know I think people uh, who know me like you know I'm, I'm 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 much rather you know a sociable character like you know um, you know um, so it's not one of them where I just you know I come out and shy away in my house 24-7 you know, you know we have to be a real good group of mates back in Swansea who have always kept in touch with from school um, and all that stuff but um, I suppose I'm, you know I'm, I'm kind of lucky now where you know, I've had, you know, the, the transition out of rugby was very tough, mm. like, really tough, like, job-wise. You know, I'm, I was going from job, job, so many random different ones I was doing. What type, what, what did you go into first off? So, it was, so, finished, had, like, six weeks doing nothing, and I was like, right, well, don't get used to this, because yeah. you are going to be, you know, scared, no money, blah, 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 so, first one... Was I text good mate my Khalil and his back in Swansea, and he's just like uh, building contractors and he's great redecorating houses. So I was like, right, um, <coughs> get me a job. So it was like, it was something like, I think it was like twenty quid a day. But I'm one of them. I'm like, right, just get me on it. Mm. You know, I don't want to say that because it's probably slave labour. But uh, <laughs> yeah. he's having a call now. <laughs> but um, he's cash in hand as well. You now. know, like. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, go on, uh, do that, pick up in the van, like, six in the morning, go to jobs, and it was just kind of, I was kind of in that thing where I want to get as much different experience as I can because I kind of that buffer where, where I do those different things, see what I enjoy. So, like, painting, decorating for, like, two weeks, and then that is graft, like, you yeah, know, yeah. that that's proper graft. But I think one thing I learned, and uh, one thing when I see boys who come out of rugby um, is when you go to get a job, Boys will graph, like, but you know, people do the hours. I see, you know, I see a, you know, a lot of guys where, you know, another example, you know, Kai's up at like five, six in the morning, yeah. you know, traveling stuff. So, you know, um, then, you know, from that, um, and then I was just looking on LinkedIn, I was like, you know, right, you know, what jobs can I get? And stupidly, me, me coming out of rugby thinking, oh, I've been pro player, I'll get a job easy, I'll get a salary for, the, you know, this amount, this amount. Like, no, like, literally. Your, your name gets you nowhere, yeah. and you know I even see this with like, you know, even 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 like you know big names like Lions, you know, like people. What I've learned the hard way is people want experience. Yeah. Um, you know, coming out of the game. So I was like, you know, looking at it, I was like, right, let's move to. I was like, let's get back up to London. Like, you know, when I was so this is when I was back in uh, Swansea. So I was like, right, let's get back up to London. Like, you know, things happened. When I was up there, I loved it. You know, luckily I did network a little bit. So I went up there, got a really uh, good mate of mine, um, Matt. I was like, look, yeah, he's got a restaurant and stuff. Like that. Why can you give me a job? He's like, yeah, um, what you can do is the restaurant. You can do a bit of work on the weekends. So the first, remember, um, the first one was I was in his like little club, like cocktail bar, and I was bitting glass collecting. And I'm thinking, <laughs> flipping out. You know, as I've gone from two yeah. years ago playing in front of, you know, stuff like twiggling and stuff and then two years later I'm, I'm collecting people's glasses and you know and uh, wiping up sick from toilets but it was one of them where I, w- I would never ever think like you know 
too big for my boots or and everything. God, oh, I've done this and that. You know, yeah. I would, you know, crack on with it and stuff. Like another job, find it on LinkedIn. So it kind of like they tell you like sell you the dream where it was like face to face. It was like sales. And I was like, oh, happy days going here now. I'll make, I'll make millions. So I rock up into like Waterloo. I'm in my suit. Thinking, like, here we go. Yeah, Wall Street yeah stuff, thinking, yeah. here we go. Now we go in the. <laughs> <laughs> I end up, I'm selling fruit and veg boxes. <laughs> I'm selling fruit and veg in the tubes. <laughs> but um, it's kind of weird, like, so got there, right? Stuff it, let's do this. And then after, like, so was, you sell, like, it's called like Hello Fresh boxes, where right? so they, like, sublet this yeah. company out. So you go out and literally, I'm in tube stops, it, tube stops in my suit, and like a little apron on with Hello Fresh on learn my pitch, go up to people, and, um, and yeah, so, you know, did that for three, four weeks, and it was weird, so they have, like, a progression thing, you know, a lot of these sales things, like, that triangles and stuff, that bombs and stuff up, and, like, after, like, six days, I had, like, the most sales the company's had, so they, like, promoted me, because, obviously, you know, they want to keep you in the business, yeah. and I gave, like, and I gave a talk to about 20 other people, like, some people didn't have, like, two months, and they were, like, you know, how the, how the hell is Will, you know, got promoted and do this, and, but, you know, just... I just said, you know, I, I kind of like use like what I learned in sport, where just like, you know, whatever someone's telling you, you know, learn on, go out, do it, you know, just take everything on board, you know, don't expect stuff to come to you, blah, 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 get early, and, um, and yeah, then it got to two or three weeks of that, and I was like, right, nah, this, this isn't, this, this isn't for me, so I was like, right, back to Matt then, so Matt gave me another job, um, so uh, uh, it was actually really, really good crack. Ended up doing about 14 months, um, just like working in the restaurant uh, with him called The Schoolhouse in London, best brunch in the world, just get out of there. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, so worked there. And then, you know, we kind of like going through um, avenues where, you know, if we want to expand, you know, would I be involved? And I was like, yeah, I'd love to get involved. I'd love that trade. But like, you know, that trade again, it was, Kind of not, it can kind of eat you up, but like, you know, it's you starting maybe a midday working till, so you should be closed at midnight, but then closes and closes, closes now you have to clean yourself. Yeah. So get the mop bucket out. I remember like one, I remember one night, the big urinals are blocked up and they're blinking and they're like literally spraying everywhere. And I get my hand down, like picking out God knows what guy or woman has spewed down there and stuff. So, um, yeah, and then, and then. But then during that time, uh, um, when I was with this restaurant, so um, so the whole you know I'm sure listeners know regarding the London Welsh story about me going down and rebuilding, and so Sunny uh, texts me. So I played with Sunny Parker at Ospreys, and then when we all moved to London, so Sunny went to London. Welsh Kai was at Irish, and I went to Welsh. So we still you know Welsh people like they'll move away, not speak to anyone else, and just stay in a little bubble. So. Um, it happened that, and then um, somebody texted me going, look, do you want to, do you want to help out and coach um, at, at Men of Water SC? And my first thing was, like, I was like, Sonny, like, I've, had, I've had literally had, had a, you know, enough of rugby. I don't want anything to do with it. I was like, it's not for me, bro. And he was like, look, just have a couple of weeks and think about it. So I spoke to my parents, my old man, and he was like, look, you know, um, you have to realise that London Welsh is, you know, a massive, 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 you know, it might have taken you on the administration and all that, but, you know, a huge club, bigger heritage, like, you know, this is an opportunity that a lot of people would literally think, would, you know, cry, you know, bite your hands off to do. Uh, well, it, it says something as well, you know, you've just spoken there about the journey you've been on, you've done all kinds of different jobs in the time from leaving rugby, from selling fruit and veg to, to mopping up sick, and yet, when the opportunity arose to get back into rugby, your first thought is still 
no, I don't want to do it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of, yeah, I've never really thought of it, but, like, but then, you know, that's, that's again a good reason why, you know, why, you did you yeah, did. why yeah. I stopped. Yeah. Like, I would get in, like, strops sometimes. I like stuff this. I'll go out to France and get <laughs> cash or whatever, yeah. like you see, I didn't to. But, um, but, yeah, no, that's a kind of new, like, I was, it was weird. I was kind of like on, I was kind of on, like, I, to be fair, I didn't know where I was going. Like, you, you see all these motivational like, quotes, like, you know, in this tunnel, keep going, but I literally yeah. didn't really have any idea. And then, you know, going back to the Welsh thing, I spoke to my man, he's like, look, you know, London Welsh, massive, massive heritage. You know, you should, you know, get back, you know, help build my back again a journey. So I had a few weeks, and I was like, texting, he's like, yeah, I'll, um, you know, I'll, um, you know, happily, you know, happily accept it. And then. Literally after the first session, like I absolutely loved it. Like yeah. straight away, you know, I can looking back now, I can see, you know, you can see why people play team sport, why people play rugby, you know. And um, what was really nice, and uh, what what I'm finding that I'm enjoying now is I'm getting over kind of like what I loved and hated as like SSC point of view over to players. Yeah. So like you know, I was lucky where I played in various different teams, you know, and you know they you know they you know, they're, they're quite you know. You know Big teams as well, so that you'd have a good SC. Like, I'd have people from like you know Olympic backgrounds that were you know, Walsh and Rowan, you know, stuff who did lead up the SC. You'd have you know, Scarlett's a guy called um, Hugh there, who was like one of the best I ever had. You know, back at Walsh, like Dan Barr and stuff. So, I picked up loads mm. of different things with people. So, then I was you know, giving over. So, and it's you know, total lads, what you know, if I'm in there, shoot out what I want to hear, and there's you know, in team stuff, you know, it used to be like in the offices, team sport, anything. It's like every everyone's individuals. You can't just like shout at everyone. Just, you know, every individual. And then I kind of that's what I really enjoy, like the man management of people. Mm. And you know, it's so rewarding. Like we did like um, end of the season. Like I, st- I stole off what I had a wasps. Where end of the season, the SSC there, they gave us sheets and it was like, what do you think they did well? What do you think they did bad? Give all the boys and, like literally all the good. Uh, it was like, the bad part. There was, was only one thing, and it was they wanted um, the gym to be utilised. We had a gym there, but it was never in use. And the good point was like it was varied. We're not people getting flogged because we're getting. You know, there's nothing worse than flogging something, sick of flogging someone, and anything. Like no one's going to get better for that. There's a time yeah. and place maybe once, twice a year, the like mental toughness and stuff. Yeah. But you know, so it was really rewarding. I was like, you know, I'm actually, and obviously then you get results in the pits. Like mind purely from a fitness point of view, but it's good to see. You know. Boys doing well, reacting well. You know, blitzing teams at the end of um, end of games. And our biggest thing um, is we're all got like simple stuff. So you know, our biggest thing is coaches just like skills under fatigue. So if you're going to be absolutely you know knackered in training and you still pass the ball, that's what we're going to replicate. And then if you're in a game and it's the last ten minutes of the game and you're you know your fitness levels are high and you still just go through the simple movement if you watch a game. If you watch the last ten minutes, it'll be the poor teams. They just Think of all those basic things. Yeah. Mm. So um, yeah, and I, you know, second round, I'm, I'm thoroughly loving it. Well, you said to me off air that like your mentality now is so different to what it was when you were playing. Yeah. Like, obviously, you've, I suppose you've learned so much about mentality and, and mindset and those things. That how is it different now to to what it was when you were playing? Because you, you you pretty much think you'd be a, a different different player. Yeah, like. Um, yeah, it's kind of it's it's kind of massive how like my whole mindset has changed post rugby. Where like you know, I, I tell the truth because I think you know that's that's one thing that I think people enjoy. You know, from my coach, you know, I'll never like 
you know, BS anything. I'll always mm. tell it straight. And it's kind of like when you're going through the rugby, you're going through the stages, like from like academies, you get your age grade caps, go professional. You kind of like always been in that system. So like, you, you take it for granted. You're like, oh, I'm going to play rugby again this year. I'm going to do a professional. I've got a contract. This that you know. So, but then it gets, and then you, you're motivationally wise. You just it's kind of like just turning up and doing it and. You know, speaking from my on my viewpoint here, I'm not going to speak in front of you know because you know any other players, but that was kind of how I got. Like now, my motivation I come out of rugby. I'm like, right, I have to do well yeah. because you know I've got a mortgage, I've got to get money, you know, I've got you know outgoings and stuff. So like now, my mindset is, is weird. It's like if I went back to rugby now, I know for a fact I'd be a ten times better player because like every day now, like this morning, the little things I used to roll out of bed. To go to training to have the chef cook food for us yeah, at yeah, eight yeah. AM where this morning I'm up at half four in the morning, doing one of the kitchen coffees and going in and coaching two classes. I've gone for like a seven mile run, but I'm like I'm being more proud to listen to podcasts like this uh, listen this morning, listen to um, a book on the All Blacks about um, motivation and stuff, like always trying to improve where when I was in a professional environment I was I was doing You must take it for a bit for yeah, that. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I, I was doing like nothing really to like, you know, I'm firmly that if I went back now, I'd be doing so many more extras on the rugby pitch. I would be picking people's brains, yeah. like going to the best players in the team. Like, you know, I was like, oh, people like Adam Jones stuff. Like going to them, like, what do we need to do? But it's just kind of like, just shied away from it. Like, you know, going back now, I tell any, any young player in any league or any club, go to the best players, go to those, you know, even lower leagues, go to people who's like three, four games of the club, pick their brains, you know, because, you know, before you know it, it's over. Look at me, I'm finished at 26, so... Do you think because you, when you're in that environment, you're you, to a degree, you don't often have to think for yourself because you're you're sort of you're almost on like a, a cycle. Yeah. That when you've come to this realization of like purpose and, and and motivation, because you step out of that, and there's a there's a lot of talk at the moment, isn't there, about players having you know programs where they're coming into work, you know, the working environment, just seeing like they're spending like you know a number of hours per week. So then you you can actually it can actually benefit you when you're on your own. Ste- like stepping out from it because you've got, you know, you put that that tweet out about you know per- you know purpose is a an, um, is the best form of motivation. It yeah. was like a you know shot of four thirty sun coming up, like you've you've had to come to that, haven't you? Yeah. No one's given you that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. No, no, um, no, definitely. Like yeah, and people, what I've noticed, people will definitely help each other out, but it's no one's going to give you a job. Like no one's going to go to you and go right I'm going to give you this amazing salary this you know you have to go out and do it where it was kind of like when I was playing rugby like uh, you know this might come across I don't know how people would take this but it's kind of like I was always in it so it was just like it's kind of always my job like yeah. it was like always getting you know you go up go training this that where I kind of wished that I went back like this is like kind of thing my, my mum went to you it was like kind of just got the gist of when you came back from London you kind of thought you made it and you yeah. thought get games you find you think All right, you, you play three more games of wasps Actors come back, play, get picked. Where it's not that at all. Like you've got to you know, go out there. You know, mm-hmm. you can't disrespect any other teammates. Like, don't forget, people. There's four or five people in the same position as you. You know, like they wanna, they wanna play as well. So you can't just expect anything to happen. But it's easy. It's easy to get into that mindset. Like, what, whatever you do. You know, we, me and Dan, we've spoken about it. I've, I've had times in my career where, so you know, sales were going well. And all I've done was answer the phone and someone gone, can I spend yeah. 250 grand with you? It's you know, not me personally, yeah. but you know, with, with the, the radio station yeah. I'm working for. And you go, you know, you're walking around as if, you, as if you'd as if you done something. And the reality is all I did was answer the phone. And, you know, yeah. you know Dan, again, you've 
you've got to a position in your career where you're, you're doing a lot of graft and stuff. But I think it's that thing that anyone can kind of fall it's into. It's almost like it's almost a little bit of complacency, isn't it? It can it can it, can, it creeps in with with everyone. I mean, you've stepped away now and and have gone out on your own. If yeah. you probably feel so alive that like you you you've got to create it. No one else. No one's going to do this for you now. And I suppose that was the same. That was the same for you, wasn't it? You you must you must feel like. But yeah, here I am. I've, yeah. I've got to take this on. Yeah, yeah, and no, no, um, no, yeah, no, no, uh, definitely. It's just, you know, you can uh, kind of, uh, the older I'm getting as well, the more like realization I'm thinking is, you know, this might just sound, I don't know how it's going to sound really, but it's like, you can, what I firmly believe is, you know, whatever you want, you can go out and, you know, get it. Like, it sounds obvious, you read all these memes and you see them with those Instagrammers and, Tweet and Facebook, she's like, Oh, shut up, let you know, Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook, it's got a special brain, or whatever. This <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. But you know, I, and I'm, I'm meeting people now, like, you know, like I'm thinking, you know, n- people I've grown up with and they own their own businesses now, they've got like employees underneath them. I'm thinking, you know, um, I'm thinking, Christ, they've just gone out and done yeah. it, like, and I kind of wish I had the mentality of this, but like now I've learned the hard way, I've stepped out of it, now I'm, you know, and now I've kind of gone that, and I've, you've, I've had like two years of thinking what the hell's going here you know going in and out of stuff and then you know finally there was like the end of the tunnel with you know the opportunity with the gym and then you know touch wood you know two months in it's all it's all going you know going okay but um yeah definitely like you know um purpose for anything you see like these best players in the world they're always striving you know i've read when i was younger that joe wilkinson book yeah, in the World Cup, where you know the one he's doing like an extra three hours kicking, yeah, yeah, yeah. people think he's nuts, but he's the best in the world. You always see like the best, like in like in like film or like actors, always a little bit nuts, a little bit crazy, yeah. a little bit like you know, so a little bit tapped, you could say. But um, you've got to be a bit tapped. It's to that be the obsession, best. isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. If yeah. you're obsessed with what you do, it gi- it gives you that advantage, doesn't it? And you know, obviously, Wilkinson thought that about his goal kicking, and at that point in time, there was no goal kicking really. Yeah, in the world. no one could touch it. You told us a few weeks ago when you moved up to Wasps, you got put in a fairly interesting house share. <laughs> tell, tell, tell us who, tell us who uh, Don yeah. moved you in with. So, um, so yeah, part of the when I went up to Wasps was um, I'd be in a I'd be in a house. So I'm thinking now I'll probably be in like you know a house with young lads or you know new boys who've joined up. Well, it was definitely new boys who joined up. So. I've, <laughs> I've literally walked in, I've walked in the door, so I got the keys off the ground joint because the house is next to all the grounds. I've walked in, and I'm, I'm the first in the house to get my bags or whatever, and then I think the next day, so um, two guys come up from Wales, and it's, um, so I open the door, and it's Rhys Thomas, so the hooker, T.R. Sheep's Teeth, and Stephen Jones, and I'm thinking, oh my God, the outside half I've grown up, grown up like watching... I, I'm living with him now. Even for, it was only for about two or three months when the guys were you know, looking at accommodation stuff. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh my god, what? Twenty-one years, you know, twenty years old, living with, you know, you know, dual grandson. Uh, maybe, yeah. maybe not Tiara's not allowed to receive this. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
yeah, it was it was nuts, and like um, it, I was kind of like flipping out, like what what the hell is happening? Like um, but it, it was amazing, and um, you know, kind of we formed like really really good bonds. It was one of the thing where you know those the, those lads they kind of thought, who the hell is this you know young fucker trying to play <laughs> proper wasps as he's come from? But it was amazing, like formed really good bonds with the guys, like catching around again, like um. Good thing, like you know, you know, Steve always helped me. Like he's one of the best people I have ever come across. Like you know, in like off the field and on the field, he always had time for, you know, you know, time for you. And same with Reese as well. Like um, you know, it was it was yeah, it was definitely an interesting time. Yeah. So obviously both gone into to coaching now as yeah. well. And um, you know, obviously in particular, Stephen just seems to get more and more praise from everyone he's he's worked with. What is he like to to work with as a coach? Nah, Steve, uh, he, he was class. Like, so when he came in, uh, um, when he came across, you know, we'd have like uh, reviews, you know, we'd go over games or whatever, and you know, he would pick up on the little points where you wouldn't even think of picking up on. Like, he's very like you know, cute to anything. So off the ball stuff, you know, and he would make sure that everyone, like, he's mastering and everyone know your roles. And it sounds simple, like, but like rugby's definitely a simple game. If you know your roles, it's going to go well. So, because um, so. Obviously played with him, uh, was, and then coached for a bit, and then obviously when I time, so we went, went to Scarlet at the same time. Yeah. So um, you know, so I got coaching there, and I kind of, I kind of, you know, I, I copy a lot of what Steve does because you know you, you want to strive to be the best, and he's you know definitely one of the best. And a lot of the things that he used to in training in Scarlet, where the first ten minutes he would literally do simple hands, something you do in like under yeah. eights. I'm looking around, there's like lions there, you know, caps galore, like in dash players. And we're just doing simple hands, like five metres out, just passing back and forth, passing back and forth, passing back and forth. You know, this is Steven really big on, just do the basics well, like loads of handling skills. And look at the Scarlets now, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're playing such an attractive bit of rugby. What are they doing? They're just getting the pull wide. Yeah. Like, if you actually look at the you know, look at the game, and they're just executing the skills really, really well. Same with the All Blacks. Whether they go well, yeah, they've got the intensity, but it's like the tight end can chuck a mystery, yeah, yeah. As, well as, the, as well as the winger. Like, you know, and... Um, and, and, and watching the first few games of the Prem, you look how many tries there are now. People noticing, as you put the ball through the hands, gaps going to open up. Well, of course, it is. I watched the Wasp game yesterday. People are going through the middle where they get three, four phases because people get tired, get the ball wide, but it's gone in the days where, right, prop is crashing up or whatever. Yeah. No, it's you know, avoiding contact, weak shoulders, you know, that's. And, you know, there's uh, something like 30 or 40 tries scored at the beginning of the Prem. It's like, you know, it's, it's ridiculous, but it's so good to see as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's um, it's interesting because obviously that's against the backdrop of players getting bigger, more and more injuries. Is that something that you know that you've noticed having been there? The way that the way that kind of body shapes and the physicality of the game has has changed over that time. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, kind of like, kind of funny story how like the way things have gone. Like, I could probably definitely share. So when I first uh, first did my bicep, so basically rupture. So I got in the physio room and. Um, physio I shut the door and he's gone to me one on one he's like well be honest you know are you are you on any steroids I'm thinking I just laughed at you are you serious no he's like why do you say that and he's just like well your muscles are getting bigger um, especially when your muscles get bigger your tendons don't grow as fast hence you know ruptures and at that time bicep ruptures were, weren't you know weren't yeah. big at all um, you know and Look, that's probably five years ago. Look at now; it's such a common injury. Like I saw at Ospreys about two months ago, like two lads 
did their biceps in one game or one training session. And, you know, there's a lot of emphasis. People are getting a lot bigger in the mm. press sport these days. So, you know, a lot of people are getting bigger. So, there's, you know, there's collisions are higher. So there's going to be more injuries. Like, the concussion rate, you look at all these, you know, ruptured tendons. Yeah. Because there's a lot more weights going on now. People have a lot more emphasis on size. You look at wingers. There's no, like, 10 stone soaking wet wingers anymore. you got wingers who are, like, 19, 20 stone. So, obviously, you know, the result of that is, you know, is, uh, is going to be injury. Is there anything that you think you can do with, the, you know, the laws of the game? Obviously, we've seen an alteration to the tackle law and stuff like that. Do you think there's going to be more of that to come to try and prevent injuries? Um, yeah, like, I... I think there's going to have to be like, you know, don't want to, you know, put a, you know, a down on rugby at all. But like, there's, I saw there's a fatality in France about yeah. four or five weeks ago. There was two, and you're thinking, you know, what's what's it going to take? Like, you know, and I've got good good mate, my plays a uh, plays a Welsh tie. I think so. He uh, there's a lot more now in London. You have like these touch leagues, and they, yeah. there's one like professional. It's called professional Australia, I think it has, where. You know, I think, especially growing up now, if, if parents are seeing people getting <coughs> flattened, but then it's one of those things where, like, you know, what I've grown up with rugby, like, it's taught me so many good things, you know, contact, but it's going to get to the point where, you know, don't be but if there's all these injuries, all these injuries, then, you know, if, if you're a parent, you're going to want to put your, you know, kid playing rugby when they're eight years old, if they're going to get flattened when they're older and stuff, like, this and my mum said when I quit, she's yeah. like, God, oh, thank God, you're not going to have a broken nose or... <laughs> You're not gonna have, you know, those cauliflower ears or anything, <laughs> you know. So, uh, you know, it's it's one of them. Like, you know, I I love it. You know, I, I want to keep the ways going, but I can only see players getting bigger and bigger and yeah. bigger. And you think now, like all the science that's out there, regardless of condition, like you know, imagine and you know, with diet and nutrition now, where when I was growing up, it was all pasta, 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 yeah, like yeah. carbs. And now we didn't know what protein was back then. I'd be smashing like five chocolate bars during break time and stuff. <laughs> and then going to play 80 minutes for the weekend yeah. to school. Yeah. But now you got, you know, I see kids going into Tesco and they're buying, you know, they're buying like chicken, chicken and veg for yeah. lunch. So I'm thinking, I was like 14 years yeah. old, I'd be Just getting chips. a pack of Haribo yeah. and, it, it and has, some lollies. It has fed all the way down though, isn't it? Like yeah. professional, obviously, yeah, you said, as you said, you know, 12 year olds uh, are eating all the, all the right things, or what people think are the right things. So I. I it's interesting There's two to see sides where, to it, there, yeah. where can it end, though. I mean, yeah. it's, it's kicked off this weekend, isn't it, on social media about, you know, the, the, ta- you know, the tackling, the laws don't take into account, you know, players' players' height. Yeah. Some people have said you, you can't, you know, um, and others have said you've got to. So it's, I don't know, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm sure it's, uh, this is going to rumble on for It's going to be a separate part. It will. Uh, right, last, last part of the show then, Will. This is what we call tap and go. It's eight quick fire questions. Just answer the first thing that uh, the first thing that, that comes into your head. Um, so right, this is Will Taylor's tap and go. Hardest player you've ever played against. Chris Halafia. And I'm guessing that's just pure physicality. Just he's just I've never met someone who will just get the ball and just run and truck it up and go absolutely that's like you know it's like, there's some stories about that you know guy but he is one of them where you know you, you look you look back he's he's just ball carry is so dominant like, he was like the one that I just just trying to think you know I'm, I'm rubbish walking my head straight but he was the one I was like yeah you know, he's the physicality on him is, is ridiculous alright and who's um, who's the best tourist who's the most fun on an away trip 
Who's the most fun? You've got to be careful, you um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, had a few good... Oh, uh, Goody's a good crack. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's... Uh, I've never met someone get so many free drinks purely because he'll get someone out and he'll be like, right, let's have a pint off. And then people are like, Goody, go off, your chances. And he can, I've never met someone sink a pint in about 0. 0.22 milliseconds. But... Um, yeah, he was good crack. He was uh, he was real good in the team, like good for morale. Um, you know, good night out. Like, yeah, he, he was he, he was class. Bucks the trend of uh, players obsessing about protein and, and body shape and stuff. He's just, just one based purely on <laughs> on what's in his head and hands and kicking ability. Isn't it? The thing is, like, that's what I absolutely love. Like, you see, like you see people that are all banging on about like nutrition and all this, and it's like indeed. <laughs> He'd eat very well, but he'd absolutely boss a game. Like, yeah. he, when he went to Newcastle two years ago, like <laughs> Nick of the man, but um, he was he was absolutely bossing it. Like, and it just shows like it, it's, a lot of it is just top two inches. Like, if yeah. you, you got the skill level, but um, that's good. I never met someone drink so many full fat cokes. In my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, pint of lager or a pint of protein shake? Oh, I've got a lager every day. Good man. Right answer. I'm surprised actually. Every everyone seems to have uh, seems to have answered that. Yeah, right? yeah, All, yeah, everyone yeah. that we, we seem to ask that. What's the strangest thing you've ever had said to you on a rugby pitch? Jesus, it's always it's a tough one. Isn't it? yeah. Strangest thing I've said to me on a rugby pitch, or that you've heard on a rugby pitch. Um. Um. I don't. I'm just trying to think. I'm trying to think. Normally, when you play against like an opposition player, you normally at the bottom of the rock chatting where we're going to go to the, which pub we're going to go after <laughs> after a game. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you normally bottom of the rock. Oh, I'm not tired. You'll have yeah. a rest, and we'll chat. Chat. We'll cover. We're going to go to after. <laughs> All right, we'll let we'll let you we'll let you have that one. Um, I know you're up at four thirty in the morning, so I doubt you have much time to uh, to watch telly. If you do, Netflix or iPlayer. Oh, Netflix and chill. <laughs> 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 All right. If you if you could play in the front row with uh, with any two players from history, you're on a you're on a tight head. Who's who'd be your loose end? Your and your hooker. Um. Who would I play with? I think. Um. Loose end. Um, I'm gonna go with so I'm gonna with two players who really helped me when I was younger, yeah. gave time a world. So it'd be Duncan Jones um, and Mevin Davis. So well, when I was younger, like you know, 17, 18, those guys, you know, the top of their game, boss and everything. But they'd always have the younger lads. They go through everyone help. Like um, Duncan was class in um, you know helping me. Like he would actually go to me and give me extras. Yeah. Where looking back now, Christ, you know, I used to be the one going out and asking him. And it's actually with Mevin, and um, you know they're two of them, one of the soundest blokes I've ever met. They're very humble, very like down to earth. Um, but those two were classic pushy and you know players top of their game. They're the yeah. best. Definitely, you know, definitely, you know, under I think if you know look at um, you know I think Mev on that grand Sam's team with Dunk as well. But um, you know, and, and they were kind of they were just dogs, wars, none of the fancy stuff. But they were you know they were very 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 good at what they did. I'd love to watch a Mevin. Yeah, yeah. Everyone that's played with him as well said, "Yeah, you wanted you wanted those two boys involved." He was fast. He'd always wear the same. 
you'd always wear, no matter if it's rain, sleet, or snow, or ice. You'd have his cougar socks on, cougar shorts, and cougar t-shirt. You can tell he's a proper, you know, hard nettles guy. He's, he's awesome, and he, you know, and his values definitely rubbed off, you know, to me and you know, and uh, the other players definitely. Best captain you played for. I don't even I don't even know if he was captain when he was at Scarlet's, but um, John Barkley, purely because he's you know these by example he's not a flashy or anything like that you know, um, and you know he he'd never rev you up and he's he's just a top lad as yeah. well. I just think it's just like you know players who I have like utmost respect for when you ask that question. Then he's one of them where. You just want to go out and play for him. Yeah, definitely. And, um, yeah, and, you know, luckily, you know, formed, formed good bond and stuff. And, um, you know, still mates now. But, yeah, tricky on that. But, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say, yeah, you know, John Deckerman, obviously, you know, he's absolutely flying at the minute with uh, with Scotland and stuff. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an amazing story, really, isn't it? Because he's well, really rejuvenated his career. You know, he was dropped by Scotland and, and then pitched up at the Scarlets. And you ask any Scarlets fan... You know, to name their best, the, the best ever imports who've come down there, and they'll all name Regan King, John Barkley, Ty Burn. You know, they'll all be in that. I love the fact that. that he sent his school, his school children to the Welsh speaking school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just that's just outstanding. Isn't he's it? he's the self-proclaimed king of mumbles, John. <laughs> <laughs> I try, I try to kiss him, kissing babies' heads. Like <laughs> all right, last one to finish. Will, who's the uh, who's the the worst roommate you've ever had to share a room with? Worst roommate. Um, I'm gonna say uh, Simon McIntyre of Wasps. Um, purely because I don't know why I can say, but um, say, it, say it. We can always edit. Uh, yeah, just you know, some of the stuff he brings back. <laughs> I mean, food, obviously, like. <laughs> Yeah, pizza, God, and sweets. Uh, hate the last time we brought back. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> nah, um, yeah, sorry, Mark. He's the best and worst. Best and worst. Well, it's been awesome chatting to you. Um, again, just let the uh, let the listeners know how they can get in touch, follow you on social media, how they can see what what you're up to, and how you can follow any of our London listeners can can see what the uh, what the business is up to as well. Yeah, yeah, sweet. So um, follow. So the gym is called Bart Richmond. So it is. B-A-R-C-H, so it's actually Welsh words, so it's Bach, and it means uh, esteem and respect. Um, but so yeah, it's Bach Richmond, and then that's on all the social media channels. And then if you are really bored and you really fancy, you know, staring at paint of the uh, wall first, <laughs> watching paint dry, then give me a follow. Um, social media that's Will underscore Tails T A Y L S nine one, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, it's been brilliant chatting to you. Thanks for joining us on the attacking scrum. Cheers, guys. Good fun. Enjoy. Sports Social Podcast Network.